Looking back at it too, I, I've realized that the whole thing was a big lesson for my students in itself. The lesson of being like, go after your dreams. Um, I always told my kids like, go out on a limb. That's where all the fruit is, right? Sometimes you have to take that chance and bet on yourself. Welcome to Elevated Frequencies, the show that gives you access to the next level of house and techno so you can explore an elevated lifestyle. Now, you may recognize today's guest, Jake Shore, from his explosive social media series, House Music You Should Start Your Day With. But what you might not know is that Jake actually started that series back when he was a third grade teacher. What started as the seed of an idea for content turned into this massive success and was actually the launch pad for Jake to leave teaching and go full-time with his music career. Today is jam-packed with insights on how you can do the same in your career, so I highly encourage you to listen carefully and take notes. Jake, it's so nice to talk to you finally. I feel like the last time I talked to you was when you were still a teacher, and I'm dying to find out if you still are. Uh, I am not a teacher anymore. Um, I've been blessed in the past year and a half, uh, but it was about almost, I guess, two school years ago that I taught. Um, I was a third grade teacher. So uh, I actually resigned about two years ago, and um, it's in, in, for good reasons. Uh, I went was able to finally just go all in on my music career, and um, I think it's it's definitely was the right choice, I could say, looking back now. Um but yeah, so no longer a teacher, but definitely miss the kiddos. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we have a lot of catching up to do because I've just, you know, just from following you on social media, I've seen your career explode over the past couple years. And I know that that's due to a ton of hard work you've put in. I mean, when it comes to content, first of all, you are just killing the game. Like you are giving people a masterclass in what they should do with social media if they want to have this explosive career. Well, thank you. Uh, those are some pretty big statements to make. Um, I appreciate that so much. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot of hard work. Uh, definitely. Um, I, I, I'm trying to manifest it through just being myself, I guess. But um, yeah, I appreciate those words. Thank you. So it started, I remember back a couple years ago, you were doing these videos with the kids, kind of like showing them different house music tracks. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How did you get the idea for that? Because they were a huge hit. Like you were showing up on my TikTok FYP, like just like crazy all the time. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it started from originally... I, I think I saw TikTok as like a, this landscape that was kind of new. We're talking two years ago now. So um, I think everybody's well aware of the power of it now. But then it was still fairly new, especially in the music game. Um, and I knew that, you know, it was something that had the potential to skyrocket somebody as far as getting their music out to the world and whatnot. So I knew that it was something that I needed to get accustomed to. I also knew that it was very different from what we were used to, like on Instagram and um, the other social media outlets that we had grown up with um, in the sense that I felt like it really rewarded like your authentic everyday life and um, wasn't so focused on overproduction. 
So for somebody like me, uh, that was perfect. There was music to my ears, no pun intended. But um, I, I remember myself when I first kind of started messing around with TikTok, you know, I was doing the typical, um, you know, stream my new song and here's the link in the bio and, you know, kind of falling in line with how everybody else was using it at that point. But I, I stopped and I asked myself like, okay, what's something that I'm doing every single day that might be able to provide some value to the person on the other side of the screen while also subtly getting my music out to the world and not making it seem so promo-y or selly, I like to say. Um, and that came down to literally just what I mean by value for the other person on the, on the end of the screen is like, does it entertain the person that's watching it? Does it inform the person that's watching it or educate them? Or does it inspire them? And if it could be all three of those things, even better. Um, and I landed on the fact that every day I drove to school, um, to, to my job, and I was blasting house music to kind of just get my day started, right? Um, and so that led to me kind of pulling up to my school about 30, 40 minutes earlier than I had to. I started filming myself kind of dancing, lip syncing to that inside the car, which I'm sure millions of people do um, to whatever music they're listening to. Um, so the connectability piece was there. But on top of it, I kind of streamlined it all back to that value piece. So in my eyes, I was educating people. Here's a song that you should be listening to, especially if you're into house music. And I guess the entertaining part was me lip syncing and dancing to it. And then, uh, yeah, that kind of segued into starting my students days with that because I was starting to see like people respond to it in a very positive way and me just being a teacher at the time again going back to that like what's something I'm authentically doing every day well I'm teaching students every day so mixing both of those showing the kids a uh, house music when they started their day just yeah that just kind of took yeah. off I mean you could hear their reactions and um Adorable. I think, yeah, it just kind of like took yeah. off. I think it was something that people don't really equate when they think of a teacher, right? Um, right. Especially us growing up. I think we all have that one teacher that um, maybe, you know, did something for us as far as like just impacted our lives. Um, and it's because they did something outside the norm. And I think that was for me showing house music to a bunch of third graders. It, it kind of like hit, right? And I think it was something that people latched onto. It's just like yeah. something positive. So. And, and you said, and you said the the three keywords: inform, entertain, inspire. I mean, that's classic marketing advice. And I yeah. love what you did um, when you said you incorporate. You were trying to figure out how you could make content just out of your everyday life because I think so yes. many people. Um, get into this mindset. Oh, I have to come up with something so new, so innovative, so out of pocket. And then they burn themselves out so quickly that they just give up on it. And here you were saying, I'm just going to like make, you know, make a movie out of what I'm already doing. And yeah. it, it's a lot easier to, to manage, you know, your everyday life 100%. plus like the content game when you're doing that. Um, and, and I'm sure that that really contributed to you being able to kind of transition out of, you know, one chapter of your career and your business into this next one. So what was like the moment for you when you realized, Hey, I, I can go full time with my music. I can do this. This is where the story gets kind of, um, I guess it's, it's almost the universe was working in mysterious ways because 
I had actually put in my year's leave of absence February of 2021, I think. Yeah, 2021, 2022. I can't remember now. What is it? Yeah, I think 2021. Um, I had contractually needed to put my year's leave of absence and I'd been at this school for eight years, so I was tenured. Um, and that kind of just allowed me to take a leave of absence with still being able to come back if all else failed. Um, so February of 2021, I put that leave of absence in. So I kind of, this had been a whole year of brewing, right? I, I like the year before I was like, this is it. I got to just, after this year, I'm just going to bet on myself. Um, and then, so that was February. Then March, 2021 is when I started doing the TikToks. And it's like the parents got behind it. The school got behind it. People just all over TikTok got behind it. And it kind of just was like the best way I could ever imagine leaving my career on such mm -hmm. a high note. Um, it almost, like I said, felt like the universe was working, saying like, not only did you pick the right time to do this, but we're going to usher you out um, with it as well. So I guess to answer your question, uh, there, there was no like one thing, I guess, but those, all those things, all those things happening with the TikTok and like getting that notoriety on my way out almost definitely confirmed my decision. Um, I think the decision was a long, you know, it took me eight years to kind of come to that realization that if I don't go do this now, I may never be able to do it. Um, and I guess. Looking back at it too, I, I've realized that the whole thing was a big lesson for my students in itself. The lesson of being like, go after your dreams. Um, I always told my kids like, go out on a limb. That's where all the fruit is, right? Sometimes you have mm -hmm. to take that chance and bet on yourself. So uh, it was brought to my attention from a colleague that I used to work with that, you know, you actually ended up teaching a major lesson in that whole thing um, by what you were doing. So it was pretty cool all around. It's like definitely a feel good story. And I can't deny that all that kind of just like, yeah, it's set me up for success and where I'm at now. And, you know, I'm super thankful for it. I love that the parents and the administration was supportive. Um, that had to me make too. you like, <laughs> yeah, right. Cause that's kind of a gamble, right. When you're leaving yes. any sort of job, especially if you've been there for a long time. Um, so that's a really beautiful thing that, that they just all believed in you and, and wanted to see you successful. Um, cause that just makes it a little bit easier, you know, to, to transition to the next step. Um, for sure. and I, lo I love what you said about teaching kids a lesson. You know, I think, a lot of people, and I have a similar story to yours of leaving, uh, quitting a full-time job, like without actually anything lined up, knowing that I wanted to start my own business. And I was listening to like my intuition, like the, it was gnawing at me, right? Like you have to do this now, you have to do this now. And you did the same thing. And I think a lot of people are too afraid and they ignore those signs. Um, yes. so if you could give any sort of like actionable advice, if someone feels like whether it's an artist trying to take the leap of faith into their career or anything, what, like, maybe you can't pinpoint it, but what is something like a sign that you can recognize? Like, Hey, you should be following this. Like, don't ignore this thing in your life. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I'm going to, I think you kind of hit it on the head. I think that internal feeling that you have as a human being, just really mm -hmm. going with your instinct, right? We're blessed as human beings to have that, those instincts, right? All animals, mm -hmm. all mammals, all humans are, they have that instincts, those natural instincts in them. And I think um, that gut instinct that 
you know that you're not happy with what you're doing or, and not to say I wasn't happy teaching, but I just knew that I felt like there was more I needed to do. Um, and I think having that gut instinct is the first thing. I, I don't know if there is any concrete sign. Like I said, there was no moment where it was like, okay, I have to go do this, but I just knew that, I don't know, it kind of sounds generic, but you only have one life to live. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, to me, it was like, I got to go do this now or else I may regret it for the rest of my life. And you start having those internal conversations with yourself. I think it's definitely time to take the leap and bet on yourself. Now, I guess on the other end of that, I want to also like preface by saying it took me eight long years to make that decision within that eight, you know, those eight years, I also got like my master's to be a principal one day. And so I built a really big safety net, yeah. um, before making that decision. And like I said, I was guarded by a contract with my teaching uh, career that allowed me to, you know, if all else failed, I can go back and be a teacher. So it was, it was a risk, but I think it was a calculated risk. So I think if you are in the position to make a calculated risk and bet on yourself, um, take it. Cause I felt like I said, the only the worst case scenario, I can just go back to teaching. Um, and I still can do that to this day, which, you know, is, is a blessing. So um, on one hand, I want to encourage people if they have that feeling to go do it. But on the other hand, I also want them to understand that, you know, I didn't just throw all caution to the wind. There was right. definitely, um, you know, a safety net there just in case. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's um, balancing um, mind and body. I think society kind of teaches us so much to only listen to our brains that we ignore our hearts and there needs yeah. to be more of like a balance there to, you know, inform decision-making. Um, yeah. so I want to pivot a little bit because you are kind of like the OG DJ that I know that I've met personally kind of, um, following like a sobriety journey. And I'm interested um, whatever you're comfortable sharing, what kind of started that journey for you? What influenced that? And how's it been going? Because I too, I'm, I'm low alcohol. I know you saw the, the clip I posted the other day with Sherm where we talked about that and it's just been transformative in my life. So I want to hear about yours. Yeah. I first start by saying, I love your approach to explaining where you're at. I think it's very similar to my approach in that this is about your like your personal journey and how you describe it and define it. I think we've been pushed into this mindset. So many people that, you know, if somebody says they're sober, it's like they're sober till the end of time, meaning they're completely dry and whatever that looks like. Right. I think um, it, it, it's always a little tricky because when somebody asks that question, I don't know where their stance is on that. And hearing that and seeing that clip, it made me so much more confident and comfortable to talk about this because I too – um, I started this journey, I call it, three years ago, and I always, you know, try and hit a few points when I talk about it. The first one is it hasn't been black and white. Um, I struggle with I've struggled with it over the past three years still. Um, and there's been moments where I've, I fell back into drinking. Um, and even though they've been short blips um over the past three years. And it's always, it seems to always be around that summertime around my birthday <laughs> when, when it comes back around a little bit. Um, but within each time I've learned so much about myself and been even more confirmed why this isn't really the, the life for me. Um, so I don't really look at it as like a, 
a black and white thing. Are you sober? Are you not? I look at it as like in the grand scheme of things, I'm beating it and I'm winning. Um, so, you know, right now and for the past four months, five months now, I've been completely clean um, from alcohol. And it all started just because I, I knew that there needed to be some type of change. I noticed that so many of the things that were going wrong in my life, mistakes I've made, problems that I've had, um, just not being the person I know that I truly am. It all, the common denominator was always alcohol, always. Um, I think it just came a point in my life where as any person with common sense, if there's one thing that continues to mess up your life, you got to eliminate it. Um, and the tricky part is if alcohol is that thing, it's so hard because it is literally woven into so many different aspects right. of everybody's life in every single day. Um, and in so many situations. So it's a big task, but yeah, that, that was like the, the initial thing for me. I just, I wasn't myself. I think the other thing was the driving factor that I knew I wanted to do more with my music career. And I wanted to get out of the Chicago cycle of club shows and just the industry is what, you know, we call it. And, um, I knew that in order to do that, I was going to have to learn how to make my own music. And that in itself is like a, a whole language acquisition, right? And so mm -hmm. going out every weekend and wasting so much time, honestly, in the cycle of drinking, then being hung over. And as you know, the hangovers are terrible. It just wasn't, it just didn't make sense to me anymore. So I think it was a little bit of both, right? It, it was um, a reflection of myself and who I was, was drinking and who I um, was not drinking. And then it was also the driving force of, I knew I wanted to, I knew I wanted to obtain more with my artist career. Um, yeah. And within those two things, it just, you know, led me to where I am now. So I, I love this conversation because I'm in a hundred percent agreement. It's not a black and white thing. And, you know, it's different if somebody has, you know, a, a problem with alcohol that, ex you know, that it's like an addiction sort of thing, but there are people, I was one of those people that my problem with alcohol is that I was an asshole when I was drinking, but I wasn't like craving booze all the time. You know, it's yeah. not like I like wanted to like, so I didn't have an addiction to it. It's just like, I didn't like myself when I was drunk. I didn't do things that were, you know, conducive to a healthy, you know, productive lifestyle. And so yeah. I decided, I decided to cut back and then similar reasons to you, you know, starting my own business. I was like, I cannot risk losing a day to a hangover. And so that's same reasons. That's what prompted it. And, um, and yeah, it doesn't have to be black and white, like complete abstinence doesn't work for everybody. Uh, and it shouldn't be the only recommended solution, but I, I think that now people are starting to wisen up to the fact that this is a real movement. I mean, they just launched a mocktail menu in spy bar. Like that's, that's cool. cool. Right. Like it's like, yeah. finally people are getting with the program because I think just more and more people are starting to go down this path to just reducing their consumption. And not to mention like the health benefits, the weight that I lost. I lost so much weight from just going down to like two drinks a month. That was crazy. I didn't have to do anything else. Yeah. I think the the, ben the benefits, I mean, far outweigh the cons. And there really aren't any cons. I mean, people may say, well, you're not going to have a good of time or you're not going to, you know, but it's like, I mean, me personally, I'm so 
comfortable in who I am. I realized right. I never needed it to have a good time. I do understand for some people it, it, it does act as a social lubricant and that's fine. Right. And again, like if you're a person who, who needs that, but can, and can also function and control, you know, who you are within it. Great. I'm again, like, then that's another point I like to make. I don't judge anybody who drinks at all. I mean, Again, this is a me thing. It's not about you. I'm not out here trying to tell people to stop drinking alcohol. But I, I do appreciate having conversations like this for anybody who is curious or wants to listen or just wants to hear, you know, um, my experience with it. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, the I can't say it enough. Me sober and away from alcohol, I am a machine. Everything that you see, the output, the content, the music. I'm able to do it because I'm on such a momentum ride. There's no, really no, unless I'm like sick. Um, other than that, I'm just, I'm always up and up. Like, but when I'm drinking my, the brain fog, the hangovers, um, just the nonsense that starts to fill in around my life, the guilt, the anxiety, it just, again, it's like, I think as I, the more and more I talk about it, it should seem like common sense. Like, oh my God, if all those things are causing you are being caused by one thing, eliminate the one thing. But it's very tricky because that one thing is just, like I said, it's so, we've been programmed since we, our generation has been programmed to drink, to have fun. Or, you know, when you're out, you need to drink. And um, I do see this next generation changing that. I, and I, yeah. I don't, know if this is, I can't tell the future, but I think similarly to how cigarettes were once very much a thing and they are pretty much gone now, like the actual cigarettes, I know vaping so much, a uh, very much a thing, but I can see alcohol starting to fade away in the next 20, 30, 50 years. And some people might call me crazy, but I think, you know, the same people that said cigarettes going away is crazy. It's well, I don't. Yeah. Really, I haven't seen a pack of cigarettes in so long, so I don't know if it's going to go that way. But I, I think for sure, people in this new, in this next generation of of kids are realizing, like, yo, why would I do that? <laughs> yeah, know? I I totally agree with you, and it's so funny. I saw somebody smoking a cigarette the other day. I was like, that's so retro. Like, what the hell? Like, I hadn't seen a cigarette yeah. in so long. I was like, ew, <laughs> that's gross. Yeah, it's it's strange, right? You don't like. I really haven't seen like a pack of cigarettes in so long, and so. I'm a big believer that if it can happen to one thing, it can totally happen to another thing. And um, yeah, I think going back to just the common sense of it all, right? It's like if it's something is causing you that much stress, issues, anxiety, problems in your life, why are you choosing to do it every weekend? Um, you know, and I, I think you you brought up the word addiction, and again, that's another word that's just like grouped into what, like there's a picture that people paint when they hear the word addict mm -hmm. or an, uh, somebody that's mm -hmm. addicted. And yeah, well, I, I, same way. I didn't have a physical addiction. I don't have a physical and like craving for alcohol, but I, I've learned that it's very much a mental thing for me. I think I, my brain is always running. It's running hot all the time. I'm always like thinking, envisioning, working, creating. And in a sense, alcohol is like that short-term release and it slows yeah. my brain down. And I think that's right. what I crave. Um, but I've just found so many other outlets uh, right. to, to, not, to get that same feeling that's not alcohol. So I 100%. And, and the cool thing is, is when you take long enough of a break and you were mentioning like how you're just on this upward trajectory of this like constant mm -hmm. momentum, you get so addicted to feeling good that you don't yeah. want anything to slow you down. Like every day is exciting. Like I feel like 
you and I probably wake up with similar feelings because, you know, we were in the midst, you're in the midst of growing something big and you have all these opportunities and you get excited when you see your email light up with all these different like messages of like opportunities. And it's like, you don't want anything to like get in the way of just impacting your ability to respond to those messages or like plan your day or your month or your whatever. It's, you just get so addicted to feeling good that you're like, why would I go back to this? Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I think it's the control too. Like knowing what I what I'm in control of everything I'm doing. I know yeah. what I'm saying to people in a social situation. I know how I'm behaving. I know how I'm reacting to other people. Mm-hmm. I can walk away from a night. I know when to go home. I think that's the yeah. best part, right? You, we know yeah. when to go home now. It's so funny. Like I think that's one big eye opener when you don't drink. It's like you really have that clock that says like, oh my god, everybody's gonna we're all going to be here for six more hours doing this. Like, why am I here? I'm out. See you later. I'm going to go get a good night's sleep. And I think that's, that's been always so so funny to me now is like, you have that ability to just be in control of yourself. And yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I am addicted to it for sure. So how are you? Because as a fan, as somebody who goes to shows, I really struggle now being sober, being able to stay awake late. Like I really have to plan my day where it's like, I need to nap yeah. until the last second if I'm going to make it. So how as a performer, have you incorporated like any tricks to just try to like get through the set, you know, and stay out late? Cause you always want to support too and st- stay later. There's yeah. afters yeah. or whatever. So how do you manage that? Um, yeah. So timing is everything I've, I've learned even when I'm, when I'm out DJing or when I'm supposed to just be out for a social gathering and whatnot, timing is everything. Um, because if I show up too early, I will be like, and I'm not DJing and I'm just there. Once I say Mm -hmm. my hellos and do the small talk, it's like, okay, I got to get out of here, you know? But, and, um, I think luckily when I am performing, that is my, that's what takes the place of all my, you know, my attention. Um, that's what feeds my ego, feeds my energy. It mm-hmm. keeps me mad busy. So actually having that performance part uh, is such a huge key um, because I don't need alcohol. I am curating the vibe and the party. Um, right. And so that that helps a lot. But I will say I'm definitely, I drink a lot of caffeine. I'm drinking a lot of Red Bulls yeah. or whatever's there uh, to try yeah. and stay up and awake and vibrant. Um, there are so many different things now. Like you said, the non-alcoholic mocktails, like mm-hmm. those do go a long way. I'm a big fan of Athletic Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like a really solid non-alcoholic option that honestly tastes like beer. And people might be like, well, why don't you just drink if it tastes like, well, it's not necessarily like the drink, but it's like just having something in your hand, right? It's kind of right. like keeping me busy. Um but I have learned too that being at a place over my time, that starts to creep in the triggers of like, well, sh- there's nothing else to do but drink. Let's, you know, and like, so yeah. the timing aspect is huge. Um, I try and anytime I go out, I'm really hoping that there's like a dinner or like some food involved because that also keeps me busy. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely, you know, I've gotten accustomed to it now. But it does take some some planning, especially being on the road. That's been new for me is this past three months. I've been on the road more than ever. My first tour and I have to fill in my time and do routine stuff, mm-hmm. working out, sleeping, eating, 
working on music because yeah, yeah, it's really easy to fall into drinking on the road because you're in a new place. You get that adrenaline that everybody gets when they're traveling and it's tricky. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good point you just made, like kind of, um, doing a little bit of planning, preparing, figuring out your schedule and what's going to be there. So you're not like sitting idle. Cause like the yes. idleness is what can lead to the drinking. So like for, for people who are new to touring, like you just said, like maybe like looking up, like, cool stuff to do in the area, like touristy stuff, you know, um, yeah. obviously prioritizing rest, but like doing it like low effort activities that are just don't involve booze can be really helpful. Yeah, it's, it's a must. Um, and like I that's, that's why I say it's a journey because it's, it's new. Um, there's new things and there's new kind of like environments you get put in or new schedules you get put on. And it's, um, that's for anybody, not just a touring artist. Um, you know, it, things always will change and you kind of, kind of, I think planning ahead is the best way and like planning out your time is the best way to kind of just keep you dialed in into what you you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. That's great advice. I'm always looking for new tips for people and it's having these conversations that kind of like shake out and it gives me another idea too, you know, to, to, be able to incorporate it in my life. So I appreciate yeah, that. It's so important. I've learned that too. Like really just what we're doing right now, you really don't know who, who's going to watch this and how it's going to help people. And it's always right. so funny when you, when you talk to somebody or you bring up the fact that you don't drink. Have you noticed people kind of like start to use you as a mirror and they start like asking you questions and like, they start like wondering how this is and really what they, they want to know for themselves. So I think the most important thing is what we're doing right now is talking about it um, in an open way and just about our own experiences, not necessarily like we're not, you know, promoting, not drinking. We're just talking about our experiences because that's, what's been missing. I think for so long in so many different areas of mental health, addiction, et cetera, is the, the, the dialogue. And this is important. And, uh, you know, it always comes up on every podcast and I don't try and make it the forefront of my brand by any means, but I think, um, it's important to talk about because again, it goes back to that authenticity. It is part of my life. So yeah, can't deny I, it. I love that. And one thing that's very evident about you, I mean, you have, um, you know, you have your master's degree, you are a teacher, like you're obviously a very intelligent guy and you, you Thank have this you. presence about you. Yes. You have this presence about you that comes off, you know, and everything that you post, you've just always been incredibly professional. And I think that that comes just naturally given your background. But I know one thing that a lot of artists struggle with and look for advice on is kind of how to present themselves professional professionally confidently and create a brand um instead of just being you know well i just make music like they 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 need guidance on how to to have a presence so what would you say to somebody getting started like like what are some easy things they can do to really start making themselves like a well-rounded artist um i think you know I, i'm going to start by admitting that I struggled with like what my brand is and what like, like really putting the pieces all together until really just this like past year. Um, a big mm -hmm. help was I, I have, I'm on a part of a management team now and they have a very, very wide lens. Um, cause they also book a lot of artists, um, on the East coast as well. So they have just seen every type of rider, every type of press kit, you know, um, I think that has helped a ton. 
And for those, for, so for those people who don't have that team yet, I think it, it even started before that. And one thing I've learned is that the quickest way to find your sound and find your brand is start with the things that you love. Start with the things that you grew up loving, the music, the sound, the artists that you grew up loving. And, um, you know, that's basically what I had and not, I didn't turn into it. It's what I've always been. Like I'm rocking a ice cube shirt. I have a DX yeah. hat. I mean, I've been a wrestling fan since uh, day one. Um, I've always listened to nineties hip hop since I can remember. Um, and that's kind of what formulated, like formed my music taste too. Like mm-hmm. I can make almost any style of dance music. And I tried a lot. Um, even most recently, some of my releases were like old songs that I made and I hadn't found my sound yet, but I wanted to get them out either way. Um, but like hectic was probably the one that like, when I, not only when I realized the reaction to it, but I, I just felt good about it. Um, sometimes people like your music and it's not your favorite song. Uh, I've had that Mm -hmm. happen to me before too, but it all goes back to thinking about what has made me tick throughout my whole life, you know, Mm -hmm. and trying to stem from that. And like for wrestling, people might say, well, how do I get my sound from wrestling? Well, it's not necessarily just the sound. It's like, if you like wrestling is, it's the t-shirts, it's the, 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 the gimmicks, the marketing. It's larger than life. And that's like kind of the, that's the vibe you give off is like larger than life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And so I've pieced because nobody's, I think that's the other thing. Like you mentioned earlier about like content, like artists don't know where to start or what to post and nobody is reinventing the wheel realistically. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. everything is kind of piecemealed from other things. It's always been that way. Some of it, it's very explicit. Some of it's a little bit more subtle, but, and that's the essence of house music as well. It's always been sample based derived from other styles of music and um, I, I look at it the same way too, when it comes to like my brand. And, um, I know I feel so good about my brand right now, kind of this ode to the nineties, got a little bit of edgy hypeness to it, a little bit of fresh Prince, you know, but I watched fresh Prince of Bel-Air my whole life. You know yeah. what I mean? I went to summers and summers of watching it on Nick at night. And like, it just all goes back to things that I've done my whole entire life. And I think, to anybody out there artist wise, that's like trying to figure that out, like really take a second and think about what makes you, you and like what experiences and what um, pop culture things throughout your life has, you know, built you to this point. Cause you can't be something that you're not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, again, another long winded answer. I'm good at those. Um, but yeah, that's, no. I guess that's kind of like, what my thing was is like, I never really had a book to tell me how to find your brand, but it feels right knowing that it's all stuff that I grew up with. You know? I think that is such great advice and it's a really cool feeling. I'm sure this has happened to you where someone will send you something like could be art, could be a piece of clothing. And they're like, Oh, this reminded me of you. Cause that's when you yes. know, you're like my branding's on point because people are thinking yes. of things and sending them to me. Yeah. And there's even things that I like didn't even, I haven't even realized that I've kind of created uh, for myself. Like I've been messaged now in the past, like three or four weeks of like people trying on, like trying, like going out and trying on like a vest. I've been wearing like these Carhartt vests lately a lot and dyed my hair blonde and whatnot. And like, it's so funny to see people be like, yo, I trying out the vest look because of you. And I'm like, I didn't even realize like that, that that was 
my thing, I guess, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's always really cool to see that because it means a, it's working and people are vibing with it, you know? Um, so yeah. who knows, maybe I'll have one of those Halloween costume things next year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I forget what the, what is the Halloween? It's the what spirit Halloween. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There you go. yeah the, the spirit, spirit Halloween. Halloween and then there's like the blank and you fill. Yeah. 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 That, that's a great. Yeah. All right. You have to write that down, put it in your calendar yeah. for next year. You can make it. Have somebody leak 100%. the meme to get it started. I yeah. think it also goes with like what your what your field is too. Like um, to to a point. Like I think it just like whatever your profession is. There's a certain like there's like guidelines still too. You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe not. So I'm like thinking of like like a podcast journalist. Like I was gonna say you may have to like kind of stay in a certain lane, but you really don't. Like you can you can wear whatever you want to wear. You know what I mean? I think that's the beauty of it right now in our culture is like there really isn't like that suit and tie mentality to to certain professions anymore, which is kind of a beautiful thing. So yeah, it it really is. I mean, like I was shooting before we had our episode our shoot today, I was shooting a video for a client. And I was like, just so you know, I have like tattoos all over my arms. You want long sleeves or short sleeves? They're like, oh, that's fine. Short sleeves. And it was like a professional company. I'm like, all right, dope. Like, I feel like self-expression is being more widely accepted now. So that kind of breaks down the barriers of, you know, you can truly step into your authentic self. And when it comes to DJing and creative entrepreneurship, like the the more you, you look, the better. Like nobody wants, yes. you know, carbon 100%. copies. Yeah, I was invited to like a black and white cocktail, like a tire event last week in Chicago. And I showed up in black, all black, but it definitely wasn't like I, I just couldn't do it. Like I couldn't walk in there not like wearing I ended up going coming in like an all F1 formula, like racing jacket vibe. And I told the dude that invited me, I was like, is this OK? And he's like, dude, I wouldn't expect anything less from you. Like, you know, yeah. I just I can't be anything but myself. So. That's, that's the best way to be. So tell me, uh, before we wrap up, what do you have going on the rest of December and anything exciting for the new year? Yeah, December is really exciting. Um, I'm kicking off, uh, I think I have like three or four more shows before the end of the year. Tomorrow I'm in Madison. So I'm coming back out to the Midwest. I'm playing with, uh, Valentino Khan, which is also a oh, big cool. WWE fan. So I'm excited to see and meet him, um, playing at liquid in Madison, and then the following day, so this Saturday, December 2nd, I'll be flying all the way out to the West Coast and San Francisco, uh, doing a little West Coast run. I'll be in L.A. all next week. Uh, I'm really excited about that because I have a bunch of se- sessions and meetings with um, some pretty cool um, groups and outfits, that uh, labels, agencies, etc. So it's going to be a really fun week out there. And then I kind of wrap up that week in San Diego. I'm playing at Bloom. Um, and then I come back to Boston, December 28th to play with Clooney at the grand. So those are my last like few shows of the year. I'm super excited about them. And there's just so much in store for 2024. I'm starting to get a couple dates now already locked in. I'm going to do a couple shows with Nico and Sway on their tour. Um, so I'm super excited for what's to come. I feel like the bubble is getting bigger and bigger and I'm just enjoying the build right now. I'm not worried about when I'm not worried about how I just am enjoying this ride and everybody that's along with it. You know, I love it. Gratitude is like the most simple but effective ingredient to success. So 
Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, this I'm learning been, that you are, you're yeah. doing a great job at it. It comes through in your content too. Like I can see that you're very grateful for everything that's, that's happened. And I'm excited to see where you go next. I appreciate that so much. And thank you so much for having me on. And um, I think this is such an important piece of our industry is just like breaking away from, you know, the musics necessarily and just talking, you know, and just being yeah. uh, open and honest about what we go through as humans and as people in this industry. I think it's, it's really important. So kudos to you. And yeah, thanks for thank having you. me on. Now, I want to highlight what Jake said about branding because it was kind of like a light bulb moment went off for me when he mentioned that in order to create an effective brand that's like easy and like the real you, all you need to do is look back on, you know, what shaped you through your life, what pop culture moments, what types of music, what, you know, movies, TV shows. And I thought that that made so much sense. Like branding yourself is not about reinventing the real. It's real. It's not about coming up with an alter ego like Sasha Fierce and Beyonce, right? It's like, it's about being you and what are all the little pieces of the puzzle that, that make up the tapestry of your life. For me, I am an elder emo, right? Like I, I was an emo growing up. I love black. I wear a lot of black. Love the Adams family. And what I love is when somebody will send me something and you know, and they'll be like, Oh my God, Olivia, this reminded me of you. And that, that means I'm doing a good job with my branding. Like my branding's strong. It's the reason why my background is the way it is. If you look through my pictures, like I have a specific look and I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not, I'm just being who I've always been. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel when it comes to branding. It's actually much easier than that. Well, if you like today's episode, the best way to support the show is of course, share with your friends, tell them all about it. I love chatting with you guys on Instagram. I've gotten some great feedback about my low alcohol lifestyle tips, and I will be back next week with a whole episode dedicated to that ahead of dry January. We're going to be talking favorite mocktail recipes and brands, tips to stay sober while you go out, and so much more. And I'm super excited for it. So I'll see you guys next week. Next week.